Ford reporting its November uh, sales figures, and as you can imagine, they were impacted by the UAW strike, down 0.5% in November, pretty much what the market expected. Uh, But EVs, sales of EVs were up 43%, almost 9,000 units, and that puts Ford number two behind Tesla. And their hybrid vehicle sales rose, get this, twice as much, 75%. Uh, The question this morning is, how reliable are those EVs? And will they take you as far as they claim in the EPA sticker that's on the windshield? Uh, This, to some degree, is breaking news this morning from Consumer Reports. And it is the subject of our Mobility Makers for this Tuesday, brought to you by Bridgestone. Getting people down the road matters but getting generations down them, that's what really matters. Bridgestone. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. So let us learn more about the uh, Consumer Reports testing, both on reliability and on range. Jake Fisher is Senior Director at Auto Testing for Consumer Reports. Jake, good morning. Good morning. The ink is not even dry on this yet. You released it at 6 a.m. when you checked uh, a number of EVs. You drove them. You drove them until they actually stopped. You had to flatbed them back to your to your testing barn. Tell me what you found out. Well, we found out that you have to spend a lot of hours driving EVs to make them uh, completely dead. So, yeah, it was it was a lot of work. And what we found is that, you know, everyone is talking about range, right? You know, it's and you look at the the window sticker or you look at the advertisement range. And the issue about that range is it's not it's probably not what you think it is. Because when you're concerned about range, you're basically thinking about, I'm taking a long trip or something. Can I get where I need to go to it? But that EPA range is actually based on mixed driving cycle. So if you need to go, you know, across a few states and you're driving in a mixed driving cycle, think about you're driving lower speeds and whatever. That is a fairly accurate range. What we wanted to look at is what if I'm actually taking a trip? I'm on the highway. I'm going to be doing those higher speeds. The fact is there's a big difference between that range and what you're actually going to get if you're going to take a trip. Jake, what about uh, if you're driving in cold weather or if you have the heater on in the car? Does that take away from range as well? Yeah, absolutely. So even before we did this, we did extensive tests in different temperature conditions to try to find out how that affects. And if you're driving in temperatures that are below freezing, you can, you know, on a trip, you could definitely look about 25% of your range is going to go away. And if you're taking short trips where you're constantly having to reheat that vehicle, you can lose almost up to 50% of that range. So oh. it really, it, the, the, this idea of your mileage may vary, absolutely true. <laughs> yes. Wear a sweater, Lloyd. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, actually, the flip side is we were actually surprised to find out, and you may be surprised to find out, it's traditionally when you think about like running the EC, that that uses up gasoline, right? Yeah. Well, actually, it turns out for EVs on those high temperatures, even when you're running the AC, we actually found the range would actually be longer at those really high temperatures. Hmm. So it's it's a whole different world when it comes to EVs. You tested 22 EVs, and you said nearly half of them fell short of their EPA-estimated ranges. You said that the BMW and the Mercedes-Benz beat their estimated ranges, but you reached out to the EPA saying you need to modernize these regulations to help consumers because the ranges are off. Well, so, so just to be clear, 
you know, this is not a clean check on the EPA range. We're basically providing different information, and we wish the EPA would provide that information too. Right. So what we are really looking for the EPA to do is not just tell you what this, like I said, the range in mixed driving. Um, we think it's really important that the EPA makes it really clear. What is your range if you're taking a trip? And, you know, when you take a trip, I generally am not driving secondary roads if I'm going to go you know, a few states over. I'm on the highway. And when it comes to EVs, again, you know, we all grew up, you know, driving, you know, gas powered cars. And what do we know on the highway? It's actually when you get your best fuel economy on a gasoline car, it's the city traffic that you have the problem. It's actually reversed when it comes to EVs. Okay. The higher the speed, the more you're using up the charge. So uh, as you looked at this and you looked at, across a range of vehicles, which companies had uh, the biggest deviations between stated range and actual? Well, you know, it was really interesting. We saw, you know, with BMW, uh, Mercedes, um, in some cases, we found the range was even 72 miles longer than the range on the window stacker. Uh, the Mercedes-Benz EQE, um, I mean, we were, we were blown away, 72 miles uh, longer. We got 332 miles until the car stopped. Um, it's got an EPA rate, a rated range of 260. On the flip side, um, we saw some real shortfalls, um, you know, and you may have heard numbers too. I mean, when you look at like, uh, the te Tesla, um, you look at lucid, um, quite a bit of a shortfall on some of those models, um, around 40 miles or so of less, uh, range than you might expect. Um, we saw with the Ford F-150 lightning, we saw uh, about 50 miles less in our testing, 270 miles whereas the EPA range on our F-150 Lightning was 320. Okay. They also ch tested the charging and how quick charging can go or not. Right. And, and did that live up to expectations, Jake? Well, so what's real interesting about, you know, this idea of, you've probably heard the term range anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. It's really more about charging anxiety. You know, <laughs> if you can reliably find a charger, which is not that easy to do, um, it's not that bad taking a trip with an EV these days. But the one part is, can you find a charger and find a charger that works, but also how fast it is? And um, there's all different types of claims, and it's so confusing. This car's got 350 kilowatt or whatever it does. Um, we basically just are providing information on an even playing field of talking about how many, how much, how many miles can you get in a minute on that DC fast charging? That's what's really important. So while, you know, we're talking a lot about range, we did all different types of new tests and putting that information on our website about right. how fast you can get a charge, both at home and on the run, and also about how easy it is to interact with your vehicle. You know, sometimes it's actually quite difficult to plug it in and unplug you gotta hit three buttons and hold this one down you know tesla for instance one hand operation super easy um, we also looked at routing um, software how easy to find the the chargers that you need if you're taking a trip um, we looked at the apps um, we looked at really kind of all those elements that are really important when you're when you're buying an ev Jake, uh, on average, I see in the report that EVs have 79% more problems than ICE vehicles and then the plug-in hybrid electric vehicles far fare even uh, worse with an average 146% more problems. But uh, the bright spot seems to be uh, hybrids, uh, which have 26% uh, fewer problems than ICE vehicles. 
Yeah, and how can that be, Jake, when you've got fewer linkages, no transmission, no engines in EVs? There are fewer things to go wrong. You're absolutely correct. And what's it's it's really very interesting. And and to be totally clear, this is not an indictment of the technology. There's really no reason at all that EVs should be less reliable than gas powered cars. In fact, you're right. With all those less things to go wrong, they should be more reliable. So let me kind of break it down. What's going on? Um, first of all, if you look at the EV market today, one, it is centered around early adapters, performance, luxury. These are vehicles that are loaded with options outside of the EV powertrain. So all the new technology gets thrown on these new platforms. And as you might imagine, more stuff to go wrong. Two, we've got legacy automakers that are really good at making cars and have been doing it maybe 50 or 100 years are now implementing these new technologies that they don't have that long history, historical knowledge of. Um, so that gives an opportunity to have something to go wrong. But look, if Ford was making nothing but EVs for 100 years and then suddenly decided that they wanted right. to make a, a gas-powered car, it would be riddled with problems. There's no question. This is a once-in-a-century transformation, and there's going <laughs> to be... It is. Growing yeah. It is. Your, Speed bumps. You, you're yeah. absolutely right. You know, I mean, honestly, look, I, I've been a student of the auto industry since I was like a little kid. And like this, there's no time is more exciting that is changing. But yes, there's no more, no time that there's more opportunity for problems. And opportunities and the, for improvements. And we thank you, uh, Jake Fisher, yeah. for opening our eyes to those with your new reporting and for breaking the news on JR Morning. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. All Fun right. talking to you guys. All right. Thank Jake you. Fisher, Senior Director of Auto Testing for Consumer Reports. When we come back... Line 5, Enbridge, gets a green light from an important regulator. Does that mean that we can finally see this potentially dangerous pipeline buried once and for all? We'll talk to Enbridge next on JR Morning.